behind your forte. Live your forte. Welcome to another Finding Your Forte podcast. It's been a while, but you know, it seeps again and I'm back again. Um, taking a young break from doing episodes for a while. Um, had the Finding the Forte, sorry, not the Finding the Forte event, um, the Forte Presents, which was a great success in early November. Took a, young, um, took a break to travel, went to Barbados, enjoyed myself, opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, but I'm back with the next episode and I've got Two interesting guests who are part of Capital Moments, um, Tom and Demi, and I'm going to pass it over to them for them to introduce themselves. How are you guys anyway? Good. Yeah, good. good. No, good. It's good, yeah. good to be here, so thanks it's very much. No problem. So how's your week been? Good. Pause in your voice. Yeah, you know, we, um, yeah, you know, good and bad, I yeah. guess, but I guess that's part of, that's, that's just part of the game, right? Um, yeah. Good weeks, you have bad weeks, you have good days, you have bad days, right? Yeah, no, yeah, I, had, I had um, Christmas drinks this week, so I've had a few days of Christmas drinks. So mm. I went to a spin class this morning to get everything out of my system, but yeah. I've probably had maybe, we're touching maybe 20 to 30 pints this week, which oh, is wow. just from Wednesday onwards, so it's quite excessive. So I'm, I'm a little bit tired, but it's been a good week, it's been a good week, so yeah. Cool, so yeah. Um, for those that don't know, um, many will may know okay, based on the listenership, but um, Capital Moments. What is Capital Moment? Do you want to do that one? Oh, right. So Capital Moments, I, I mean, I, I'll go into it slightly and then I'll let Tom, Tom finish off. Yeah, but right. yeah. Capital Moments is a, a commercial, well, a website uh, that provides commercial awareness for students, young professionals. And I would say, when I say, yeah, those aged between 16 to 25. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a particular focus on politics, business, economics, and of course finance. Um, but we also have a slight focus on arts, fashion um, but within the finance within the finance world so you know how to dress within the finance world yeah. um, you know how art becomes a part of finance and, and that's really us I guess um, we have a series of missions but I'll let Tom kind of touch on that and our goals and our, our aspirations and what we're trying to do mm-hmm. um, um, for the young the young professional community so no we, we say that um, CM which is CM now it's, it's everything that we know at 25 mm-hmm that we wish we knew at 16, yeah. which would have made us much better prepared mm-hmm. to go into the various professional industries, be it banking or the professional services themselves or law or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was the belief that information was was key, but the problem is, is that information is scattered everywhere and unless you've been working and you kind of know where the sources are, it's very hard to aggregate, aggregate them and put them together and exactly. package them in a nice way. So. I think what happened was, did you did you do blogs of your own a few years ago? Yeah, blogs, yeah. yeah, so it was myself, Josh, and Lex. Yeah. Lex had Leconomics. Yeah. I had uh, the I remember that. investor. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And Josh had, Josh had um, Joshy Essex. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think <laughs> this is a big thing about Joshy Essex at the time. So, um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, literally, Josh, Josh, Josh messaged, messaged us and he said, look, let's sit down, let's talk about what we potentially do together. Um, sat down and we thought, yeah, Lex came up with the name, Capital Moments. Um, within about a month, we had Tom um, join us. Yeah, I was, I was um, slightly late to the, yeah, the camp, but I was, yeah. I was doing finals at uni. So, And then I remember after finals, I got a call from Josh. He was like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, here's what I'm doing next. And then he said, okay, 
come and join us. It sounds kind of similar to what you know you'll be doing here at Capital Moments. And I said, yeah, of course, of course. Mm. And then I also should say that I don't think it was for your blog because you used to talk about investing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, yeah. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with what he was saying. But for Josh and Lex in particular, I'd often just come out and say. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Mm. You're wrong. You're wrong. And it was more just anything, just to provoke conversation. And it was, you know, half the critique. The time. I guess you're the, the critique in the in the, in the camp. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, no, no, you are. I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, Tom. Like, I mean, I mean, within this podcast, you'll realize that like, Tom has an opinion on everything, and he, he lets out. He voices <laughs> his opinion, which is a good thing, right? I mean, of course. which is a good thing because I think within the within the group, we all have our own roles to play, and. To be the petite guys, Tom's Tom's role, I guess. Making me sound like screwed. No, but no, but definitely we need it. I mean, just just being with Tom alone, he's influenced me massively in in, in the way I write and as well as the way I speak. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess everyone's got the role to play. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that was a nice bromance moment. <laughs> but um, so with CM, that's yeah. what I guess we refer to it as the podcast goes along. So you, I guess the intention was to ultimately make commercial news awareness yeah. simpler yeah yeah so i mean we like I to feel like because i feel like when i read your the website the tweets i feel like it's very digestible yeah i know, think i think that was the um i think that was the whole point because i think there's a lot of stuff like when it comes to and i've, I've come to learn this when it comes to uh, like markets and stuff i, I have i have a in in cm we we I, I should just say what we do before i come back to mm. my point that we we kind of i wouldn't say we had three prongs not they're not prongs per se, but we obviously we have the, the Twitter handle where we put out the news. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the website where we put out thought pieces or sometimes just market updates and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we do the occasional event every once in a while. And we are also going into other ventures as well, such as um, doing a book, which mm-hmm. will be out. Uh, we're touching short. that link, yeah, actually. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll come back yeah. to that. So we do, we, we do multiple things, but particularly for the, the Twitter page and for the website, you know, we have to digest the jargon mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. present it. Because if, for example, we're going to talk about, I don't know, like central banks. I would, I have this thing, and I've always had this thing, even since going to uni, about following kind of. My, I, I was, I did economics at uni. Mm. I've always been interested in fiscal policy, which is what governments do, and monetary policy, which is what central banks like the Bank of England and the Federal Reserve mm-hmm. and the ECB, European Central Bank, what they do. Um, and you know, some of the jargon they come out with is just rubbish. And the jargon is created for people who are not as interested mm. slash obsessed with those kind of things like yeah. I am to, to to just go over their heads. And we try and break it down and say, look, this is what it is. And sometimes, and the, the interesting thing is, we often get um, people ask us what something means. Mm. Uh, so we have people, they will DM us and say, can you explain what this is? I, I remember somebody asked me, can you explain to me what, because um, I said, oh, this is my tweet. I remember doing it specifically, and this made me laugh. I said, "Oh, the UK is the, the government are going to issue a fifty-year bond," mm. and the person said, "Can you explain how that works?" And I said, "This is exactly how it works." And yeah. so, we'll say to anybody listening, if we ever do confuse you, just feel free to DM us, and then we'll we'll, we'll um, try our best to, to to explain what we've what we've just written about. But yeah, most definitely. I feel like even when you look at the Twitter page and the things that you do put out, um, it is quite diverse. At the same time, it obviously focuses that. Um, down that finance, you know, yeah. co- commercial awareness aspect, but you do also make it like within four tweets, I know the gist of it. Yeah. And I think that is a very good thing to have, particularly in such a fast paced, low attention span yeah. demographic that you're trying, yeah. I guess you're yeah. promoting towards. 
Um, so in terms of like, so you touched on that you do have diverse in some ways. So you are doing a book yeah. and you have done events. Yeah. Now, what is the overall aim for CM? Because I'm sure you want it to be more than a Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny actually because I was watching an interview with Travis from Uber, right? Yeah. And um, um, someone asked him a question, you know, where do you, see, where do you see Uber in five years? And, um, you know, everyone was expecting this big kind of like this big massive response. Yeah. Oh, he was going to change the world and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and yeah, end yeah. up in space. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he literally said, I don't, I don't know. Um, mm. He said, he said, if I said something, um, I could potentially be lying because the company's moving so fast that I don't know what direction we're going to take next. Yeah. I mean, I have an idea mm-hmm. and I know where like, the company's going. I know what we'd like to achieve, be it, you know, making transportation affordable for every human being on the earth. Mm. But where we're going to be in five years, I don't know. And I mean, for capital moments at the moment, um, I mean, Tom might have, you know, a different idea, but I mean, I, I, don't, I don't honestly know. I think the company's moving so fast yeah. and we've seen so many doors open up yeah. that, you know, we could potentially go down the publishing route. Mm-hmm. We could potentially go into things like, you know, fintech. Mm-hmm. There's so many things we could potentially do, but I guess it's for us to all sit down and say, look, this is the, I mean, this yeah. is our direction. This is, this is yeah. where we want to go. And then follow that or pursue that route. But, I mean, the overall aim, I guess, is to make um, financial news jargon-free um, for, for for the next generation and to, yeah. of course, um, help with personal development yeah. and um, help the next generation mm-hmm. be better prepared, let's say, for, yeah. for the careers that they, the yeah, careers I, that they want to go into. I agree with everything that Mia said. I think it's, it's quite hard to say this is where we want it to be because by saying that, we, we almost have placed a constraint on ourselves yeah. we could do even better than what we've, we've said um, so in terms of a, an actual I mean we're just, we're just trying to grow and we're just trying to just see what happens with that growth but I think the most important thing is making sure that people who are um, who are using our platform for the sake of commercial awareness are commercially aware I mm-hmm. think that remains yeah. the, the primary objective um, and I think when you think about it that way, you know, it can go in a number of ways, but so long as that remains the, 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 the key and that remains paramount to all of us at CM, then I mm. think we, we, we're, we're still on to a winner here. So, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I yeah. feel like, because I think you guys started, what, 2012? Is that right? Wow. No, 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 no,
A, I'm not using my real name on this app. How do you know it's me? Like, how do you know it's really me? This guy could be a catfish, right? Yeah. And then she was like, oh, your podcast is so amazing. And I was like, raw. Like, you can really, it can be really surprising. Mm. And I was out one time, I was just, you know, on the train. And I saw someone that had, like, um, a Forte phone case. But I didn't know them. Wow. So yeah. I was thinking, how did you get hold of one? Yeah. So it just, you, you always have these little signs that yeah. will surprise you in terms of, like, how far it's really gone or the, how far you're reaching. Yeah. So it's always kind of interesting in that regard. Um, so, and it surprises you. But in terms of there's five of you that founded CM, right? Yes. Yes. Now, yes. do you find that hard sometimes? Because they're such a, a quite frankly, quite big in some respects. No, um, I don't know. No, no, really. no, you know what? That. That, uh, it sounds funny, but this this takes me back to a video of um, like Megan Man talking about So Solid. I know we're yeah, going back, yeah, we're yeah, going way yeah, back, yeah. but he said that because there were so many people in So Solid, they could be, So Solid could be at two places at once. Mm. They could be doing two things at once. I think it's kind of like us, like, uh, you know, we That's have actually interesting way of looking at it, two people yeah. that are here right now and I guarantee you, while this is still happening, someone is tweeting. Yeah. We've we not got a phone up to tweet about any news, but someone out there is, is tweeting yeah. the, the news. So it, the fact that there are five of us mean that we are multifaceted mm -hmm. as a group. Yeah. And also, it's quite... We're very, we're very different characters. Mm. Um, some of us, if I kind of... If I create like a simple dichotomy of there are some alpha males and there's some beta males. Some of us are more beta than alpha. Mm. I, 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 I fall into that category quite mm. happily. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't describe myself as an alpha. Mm. I'd say I'm more beta than, and that kind of comes with the, the territory of just being and very cerebral as mm. well. But we get some people that are just like, bam, 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 entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial. Mm. Or you can split it into thinkers and doers. Some of us are more thinkers, some of us are more doers. Mm. And you need the balance um, to actually make something work. Because if yeah. you're doing something without thinking, then what you'll do is nonsensical. But if you're thinking all the time, then it just makes you like a wise sage. Oh, I'm just thinking about doing this. Yeah, no, you need you need the balance. So I think we have a a, a, a good balance and a, and a good um, set of personalities, and we all together, or yeah, collectively, we all we have a wide ranging network, and you know, we we all we work in different industries mm -hmm. as well. Um, even though we all kind of we're all in the city and what have you, but we we all doing our own thing. So there's not even on a more personal level, there's no competition in terms of he's going for that role, I need to go for that role. So we do very different things. Mm. And that that there's a there's a great synergy from that, I mm -hmm. think. Um and yeah. So that, that has there been thought. any moments of conflict though? Because it's, it's all it's all rosy it's all rosy to say it's all rosy to say it's been all rosy to say, oh yeah, you know, we're great, you know, differences attract and this, that, that because even from my experience, so with the forty eight, it started off with myself and uh, my business partner, long term friend Rico. Yeah. And then recently we kind of expanded and, you know, asked, you know, other people to join the boat as well. Yeah. So now there's four of us. Yeah. And even then there's such a variety in our personalities, our characters. So yeah. I'm very much the money man yeah. like I want to break down the cost of everything yeah. um, then we have Samantha who works in events management yeah. so she's very punctual she knows what needs to be done and she's very methodical in that respect yeah. and you've got Rigo who's got a lot of the connects and he's the rapport builder yeah. he's the one that has that access into the creative industries yeah. but he has his drawbacks as well yeah. I have my drawbacks is that sometimes I quite frankly I can be a bit too cutthroat in terms of the way I speak to people yeah, yeah, yeah. so then you have to kind of you know play off each other yeah. But at the same time, there's a lot of conflict that arises as well. So in terms of from your experience and from, you know, how far you've come so far, 
where have those conflicts arisen, or like what is an example of a conflict you've had? I don't want to say I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess at the very, very, very beginning, um, I wouldn't call it a conflict, but I guess there was a bit of confusion mm. in the sense of what of who was doing what. Yeah, okay. um, yeah, yeah. Um, true. So that role allocation. Yeah, like you know, you're meant to run at this blog on this day, and I'm meant to run at this blog on that day, and we haven't posted in like a month. What's mm. everyone doing, kind of thing? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, but we've been creating, like, we've been thinking of ideas, or we've been promote, promoting um, via networking or whatever it may be. And I guess, you know. In the very beginning, we, we, we had an idea of where we stood, but not everyone really knew what they were meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. But I think with time, it, it just kind of, everyone kind of just fell into it their was, own Yeah, it was a natural role. Kind of um, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think agree with that. One thing that was funny is that when we initially started, um, we wanted to actually have like a, like a podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 That would be really good for you guys. Yeah, yeah. we wanted to have like a podcast, right? And um, we had... Um, Okay, so the, the initial five, we had like three, I think it was three girls. And they wanted to be like presenters, so they wanted to be like interviews as well. And so okay. And so yeah. But, like, I think, so when, so when we initially started, we had we had all, the, all of those ideas. I guess when things didn't come into fruition, some people were like, so so one of our guys, Saeed, he's not, he's with us, but he's just kind of taking a long break. Mm. <laughs> yeah. um, but I guess some people may have felt like, oh, yeah, like, like, I guess some people might have felt like, oh, this is not what, what was meant to be doing, this is mm. not working. I, I guess that even at a certain stage, I was even like, okay, I swear I was meant to be doing this kind of podcasting, what's happening, because we was just vlogging. Mm. But I guess, um, it, I mean, God has his plan, right? And I guess it's kind of worked out. Mm. And sometimes you just mm. got to go with the flow yeah, as opposed to try and plan things. And, um, and I guess when you try to kind of go with the flow, uh, that conflict scenario kind of comes out of the way because you just kind of do what, yeah. do what needs to be done. And I, 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 was just, I think... Yeah, I think there's, there's there's two things about that. I think number one, probably, I wouldn't say the, a frustrating thing, but actually it, it is to, to, to a degree because we all do different things and we work during different times mm. and and we've all kind of have busy schedules on weekends and stuff like that. It's quite hard for us to actually get together as a unit. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like if you hear G-Unit on the track, you might hear Yayo, Buck, uh, Kid Kid, but you'll be missing. You'll be missing someone. I'm trying to think. Miss if 50, I miss. 50. I miss. No, 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 I think it was. I think it. But you know, no. It's like it's like um, he 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 did a freestyle for Hot 97. He was there, but he wasn't spitting bars yeah. until like the very end. And I was thinking, well, this isn't the unit. Mm. You see, even me, I was even forgot about the the the, the, the main guy. Yeah. But it's it's like. But when they come together, it's special. And we yeah. we do have moments when we we all come together yeah. and it is like a, it is to me anyway it's like a very special moment when we're all together no, definitely. And we're just having a laugh and we're all just having a, a nice talk and it's a very it is, it is very special but that's probably the one thing that I wouldn't say it's not, it's not jarring at all it's just I just I wish we were to we, we could see each other as a complete unit more yeah. often but yeah. that's it That's is it. very difficult, like lifestyle-wise. Like you mentioned, you know, I'm sure most of you are working like nine to five, Monday to Friday, and you do need your own personal time to just be you, rather than having to focus on the next endeavor. And it's quite interesting that you say that like, go with the flow, um, as a like as a as a philosophy to do what you're doing because I think with a lot of people, even myself, it's like you feel like you have to stick to a plan, and yeah. I always say that if you're sticking to a business plan, something's wrong. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, true. it's you know? very true, yeah. And that's how I look at it. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you can draw out a plan, but if you're sticking to that and mm. everything's going methodically like that, you need yeah. to be alarmed in some way because yeah. you know you're always going to get a curveball. I definitely. think we got to a point where, and I think Demi alluded to this quite earlier, where talking about 
there wasn't this natural role allocation. It mm. was it was this this allocation of roles was based on the blogs that we were doing mm -hmm. or they were doing, and I was just saying you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. But and so I think we eventually got to the point where there was this natural allocation. We all kind of had we all have like the expression and the freedom to do whatever we want. We all have like a carte blanche essentially to do whatever we want to do, mm. um, and it, it works well. And it, it you know. You talk to people and they, you know, they, they tell you informally, they say, look, it looks like a very slick operation. And mm. it's just because it just works. Yeah. We can all rely on each other to, to put the news out or to put articles and stuff like that. And, and But it's, it's definitely, there is definitely uh, room for improvement. I mean, I, I would like to write more than I currently do. Mm. And I still have stuff in the draft waiting to be put out. Mm. Um, and... You know, that's a, that's that's like a personal point of development for me, I mm. think. But um, wouldn't well, it? Isn't it quite difficult though, considering how fast-paced the commercial environment, the financial environment is? Like, you could write something today, in two months it's dated. Definitely and true. Definitely, true. Definitely. And, I think, and I think that's why sometimes when, you, you know, when we're planning to write, we have to we have to consider all the yeah. different factors. And you know, do we want to do we want to write something that's topic-driven mm -hmm. or something that's a bit more classic mm -hmm. i.e. you know speaking about hedge fund strategies or mm -hmm. speaking about you know how to get into the finance world yeah. at least that you know that can go on forever right yeah, um, definitely. Um, I, I so think, it's, yeah. it's definitely a those thought-driven pieces are the ones that may take the longest to produce but yeah. they don't they don't really have a, an expiry date essentially yeah so we might be you know if you talk about like we had a a, a guy who, who <coughs> did for us he's an italian guy and he spoke about like the recent occurrence uh, in Italy in terms of like their referendum and constitutional change is quite good because mm. it's the Italian referendum is very different to the Brexit referendum yeah. that is much more constitutional and their system is very very different and he wrote about it and he explained it and and something like that is good and you it's the reason why it's good is because you can almost use that as a primer mm -hmm. um, and you can say well this is what is going on in Italy and stuff like that and this is actually what it means whereas you talk about very very market driven um, things like there was a particular event or let's say for example I, um, like the, the Federal Reserve which is the US Central Bank they increased interest rates for the second time this year yeah. um, and writing something writing about that is, is it has such a short lifespan yeah. but writing about kind of almost like an outlook for next year which I think we're doing um, in fact I know we're doing but it's you know that you know even an outlook for 2017 is only as good as it's only it's only as good until the thirty first of December next year. <laughs> this is true. So it's about it's often thinking about you know um, you know the effort. It's it's someone told me it's like a there's a, there's something in life called the return on hassle. Mm -hmm. We all have to undergo some hassle to do anything, but what's the return you get back from doing mm -hmm. it? And actually, if the return on hassle is is just far too low, then it's almost not worth doing. But if you get a high return on hassle, then actually you don't mind putting in a bit more time. So I guess it's a similar concept to yeah. like return of investment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like one thing I tend to do a lot personally is that I tend to draw a lot of business concepts and apply them to life. Yeah. Now, are you guys quite similar in that respect to where like yes. you look at things where you most of you may work in finance, you kind of have this this vision where you look at people, you look at relationships and you're like, you know what? This is not good. This relationship not good for my cash flow. Definitely. I said to somebody, I've got one, one, of, one of my, um, a really good friend of mine, he is doing his PhD in economics in Cambridge. I was, a, I did economics at Cambridge, but okay. only until undergrad. Um, but he was a few years ahead of me and uh, he's now doing his PhD. And I, um, I knew him at sixth form actually. So I kind of followed him almost mm. every step of the way. And uh, no, we, we, we make, 
you know, it's weird, but like my course is so theoretical and I learned so many models mm. that it's, it's very hard to divorce those models when it comes to maybe like the issue relationships. Yeah. I will often, like if I meet a girl for the first time, I will I like assign a probability of what's the chance <laughs> of seeing her again. Like, yeah. <laughs> and no, seriously, it's like this probability model that I'm running in my head. And, um, and, and no, it, it sounds really stupid, but... No, it doesn't. I might, like, I'll, I'll tell someone, like, and if you know sometimes when you're, you're seeing someone or you've even got a girlfriend or whatever, and certain things just change, like mm. the dynamics just change. And then, like, if you want, I have done this a while back before, because um, I was interested in game theory, which is all about making decisions yep, and yep. stuff like that. And, and you can actually, you can model out, like, a course of action. So And you can create permutations. Yeah. Um, I, you can create, like, it's almost like creating, a, like, a parallel universe or creating parallel universes. Yeah. So let's say, for, to give an example... Um, a girl tells you she's your girlfriend she says let's go out to eat you have to run iterations in your head of the things you can say so you yeah. can say fine let's go somewhere fancy like the shard she'll obviously love that if she's that kind of girl yeah. or you can say uh, no like just flat out no yeah. no let's eat in or let's just go like somewhere like Nando's or Strada or just like yeah, yeah. or I love these places by the way I like I like all food so I'm not I'm not so someone tweeting you're not pretentious saying, or pompous yeah <laughs> I, I listen. I, I I try and go to like a Michelin restaurant maybe once or twice a year. I've, mm. I've done it for the past few years because somebody like took me out one one time. I was like, this food is great. But listen, I'll go to Vapiano's. I'll go to Nando's. I'll go wherever. I'll just listen. Food is food, and you can't eat at, at a Michelin restaurant all the time because mm. your palate will get too bougie. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. And certain babies they have too. Do you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. But their their palates are too. You got to clip their wings. You run and you run. You what you do is you run these these games. Mm. They're not games as such, but in your head you run these games and you try and select by what we call the process of backward induction. So mm. you go to the end result and they're thinking, well, what will she say if you say I'm going to the shot? And it's about thinking. It's almost like. I know that you know that I know that you know and thinking backwards. And I run these probabilities when I'm talking to people, especially mm. with the opposite sex. But they, I, I'll never tell them that until later on because they'll think I'm crazy. Yeah. Which, you know, I probably have admitted this now <laughs> by doing this. But I, and, and you run like, these probability models. I can, mm. And I, I told somebody that um, in economics, um, there's something, there's a, there's, there's something um, which allows you to measure volatility called heteroscedasticity. I won't go into the specific definition, but it's a very specific type of volatility, which when you're running tests can be very problematic for mm. you. And I was saying to somebody, ultimately you can run, and there's a, there's a model called a general autoregressive conditional heteroscedastic model, or GARCH for short, because no one ever says that full sentence. Yeah. I'm just saying in case anybody wants to look and, and build this model. You can build a Garch model, and if you think that a girl's giving you kind of volatility, if she's kind of, in other words, when she's acting up, yeah, you can almost put a, like a data point, and you can put this in MATLAB or Excel or Stata or Eviews, and it will give you a model. And I've done it before. Wow! And you wow. can model Garch. Wow. Oh, you can you can use a Garch. Wow. You can almost use like a Garch model. Is that to, like your tipping point? So you're like, do you know, what? if she reaches too high of a volatility or too much stress, cut her out. Well, I mean, it's, like you cut it, your losses. It's, it's like it's. Kind of, but you're look you're look you're looking at signals. So it's kind of you're not. So it's like if you get too much, like heteroscedasticity is almost like an internal form of volatility. So yeah. it, and it's it, and um, it, it's like as soon as you know she's acting up and and because when see when see when girls act up, yeah. yeah unless they're absolutely crazy, 
it's always the small things that give it away. It's the very, the very tiny, tiny thing. Yeah. So you look for the tiny things. You say, right, I've got you there. I've got you there. I've got you there. And actually what you can use based on that behavior is you can almost say, um, you can put these in, um, data points in and say, actually, at what point in time will the volatility be too much and therefore mm -hmm. I won't be with this girl, I won't be seeing this mm -hmm. girl anymore. I actually ran it for fun when I was doing econometrics in my second year yeah. and I was out by a day because I modelled it. Wow. And I modelled, I modelled the volatility and I said, can we actually map out something? And I was out by a day. That is actually crazy. I mapped it out that by is day. Actually, it's crazy in a good way though. It's factual, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mapped it out well, definitely. by a day. I mean, but even with yourself, Demi, like, do you, you work you in You don't run Garch models, yeah. do you? My, 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 my probability is <laughs> a lot less complex than um, Tom's. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I guess Tom's kind of just said it all really. I mean, I just, for me, everything's an investment to some extent. Yeah, yeah. So whether it's you're investing your time, you're investing your money. Yeah. It's all commodity. Yeah. yeah, you know, and you do expect a return um, at the end. And sometimes that return doesn't have to be financial. Yeah. Mm. Um, that, that, that return can be in the form of sweat equity, so it could be in the form of an, a new introduction, let's say, to, yeah. to the right person. Um, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, for me, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with everyone, right? And whether it's a girl, whether it's a new friend or whether it's just a new associate, but I do want to know that, okay, I'm not in this relationship for no reason. Yeah. A purpose um, to it. There's yeah, a purpose absolutely. to it. Absolutely. Um, and absolutely. I guess that's, that's it for me. And I'm more of a long-term investor. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to look at like the short-term trade, like, okay, so what am I going to get from this guy who I've just met within yeah. the next six or seven yeah. months? Yeah. I'll look at it more as, okay, in the next 10, 10 12 years, yeah. this guy could be running the, um, I don't know, the, the, the European Central Bank. <coughs> Tom, yeah. who knows, you, you, you kind of see what I mean, no more and definitely. I want to make sure that I'm with that person when they're doing that, doing those things, you know what I mean, so for me it's it's it, it's more long term. I thought know? I was calculated, but you know, I'm out of the water now. Um, <laughs> now Tom is like, yeah. Tom is like, yeah. no, but you oh, have to, you have what, to, what, what, what do we set it? What, I think, gotch, 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 it's quite difficult to, to, to do, but you, you know, no, but then you know, you know, you know, you know, but I think that means, right, all relationships are an investment, and I think you have to, um, in, in in the market I'm involved in, the long end investors, i.e. like pension funds and stuff like that, we 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 call them LDI investors, liability driven investors. Mm. Um, and what that ultimately means is when you know, I don't know if you guys have got a pension, I've got a pension, just like by by it's mandatory as a result of work. Yeah. I wouldn't have you know, I wouldn't have I'm neither here nor there about having a pension at the moment. But the idea is that by law all pensions have to be paid out. Mm. Mm. But how do how do the pension funds actually pay out the pensions? Well, they buy government. They typically buy a government bond, mm -hmm. and then the government bond will be like say you know it'd be a fifty year bond. So it's like basically they've given the government a loan. Mm. Eventually, in fifty years time, they get back the loan plus interest, and that allows people to get pensions. Mm -hmm. The in, and the interesting thing is with these long end guys is that they don't actually care about price fluctuations. Mm -hmm. And I think when you you're thinking more in terms of any relationship, when you're thinking about you're trying to have like a, an LDI view, a long-term view. You tend not to care about, you know, short -term yeah. You tend not yeah. to care about short-term volatility yeah. as yeah. much as I was saying. Yeah. But you, it's like a longer-term thing, yeah. and yet, and what you're then thinking about is what I call it's like the the credit quality, because almost what you can. I know you've done this before, <laughs> but you can almost see, especially in females, you can almost you can almost see like. Um, they, they, there's a certain quality that they have, yeah. and actually, in 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 certain spaces in fixed income, there's I, I now work in a space called credit, which is uh, like corporate bonds. So, mm -hmm. you know, any company you know, like a BT or a Vodafone or any you name it, they they, they will issue they will issue a loan themselves, mm -hmm. and um, different 
companies are rated, they have different credit ratings. Mm -hmm. So the best rating you can get is a triple A rating. Yeah. And the worst rating you can get is like a triple C rating, which is just junk. And the difference between a triple A and like <clears> a junk C bond is the fact that uh, you know that if I, if I, if I, if I, um, if, well, if I give a loan, um, or yeah, if I borrow, yeah, if I think if I borrow from a, a triple A rated company, that money's coming back. Yeah. If I borrow, well, if I, if I, I lend, if I lend, I'm getting lend. confused. I can I, 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 I still get confused. confused. Like, well, apologies. If I lend, if yeah, I lend, if I lend, yeah. if I lend to a triple C company, yeah. I might not get that money back. Mm. Now, here's the thing: how are investors compensated for that? Well, it's interesting. So the the higher the credit risk, i.e., the, the 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 higher the chance of default you get higher interest, mm -hmm. you get a higher coupon. So how do you relate this to women then? So, exactly, what you have to assess is that there are some, there are some females out there. They AAA know, women? Yeah, AAA women, yeah. for example. Yeah. They know that they're the dog's bollocks. However, they don't, they don't talk about the fact that they're the dog's bollocks. Mm. They just know who they are, they get on with whatever they do, and you know that it's gonna, and also, you know that they're gonna be relatively expensive, and I don't mean that in a price way, I just mean the effort you're gonna have to put forward yeah. will be expensive. And for anybody to, to, the reason why I say expensive is because, put it this way, because there's not a lot of credit risk, that means that the yield will be low, but the price will be high, because there's an, there's an inverted relationship yeah. between price and yield. Yeah. So, but actually, if you go to like a so long... Let's put, let's put price so we'll, we'll talk about price let's, instead. Let's, 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 <laughs> let's, let's contextualise these concepts. Yeah. So say, for example, yield, yeah. it means your return, right? Yes, in essence. precisely. So how yes. much is she going to give you back, right? Yes. Now, in terms of the price now, so you're saying that she may be, let's say, for example, high maintenance, Yeah. right? But in the same regard, so it's worth it. Yeah, exactly. you're, you're going to yeah. get so Exactly, exactly. If you contextualise it... worth my face value. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. And actually, the interesting thing about like the... Not so much now, but like the triple A rated names... And even triple A rated babes, so I'm allowed yeah. to say it that way, <laughs> is that they get the most demand. Yeah. They get people giving them the most, do you know what I mean? Like serious investors anyway, you understand? Yeah. Because I think the lower, and also the lower you go down the credit spectrum as well, you, you, you meet different types of, you meet, one, you see different types of companies, you see different types of babes as well. It's true. Because you'll be, you know, some babes, aren't, they're, they're not serious. And it, it maybe it's a time thing or it's by choice or whatever, they're not serious. The high risk, basically. Mm. High risk. And, high risk. and, to me, as a serious investor, that's a high risk to put in my portfolio. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Portfolio but in your life. Yeah, exactly. in my life. Well, exactly. But, but, Thank you. But, Very good but, translating. With that being said, I mean, every investor, so, so for example, I work away from Capital Moments. I run a lending platform. Yeah. And we work with um, Micro. What is it called? AH Partners. Cool. And we work with Micro, well, we work with micro, micro companies, you could say. So small businesses, micro mm -hmm. companies. And some people would, or some investors would say, okay, these guys are too high risk. Mm. You know, I'm not going to go next to them. Yeah. Um, but our whole model, I mean, our whole model is, okay, we work with, it's a group of entrepreneurs, um, but we now invest in these high-risk obligors, you could say. But because we're so close to them, and because you understand them, and yeah. because we've been where they are, yeah. or what they, we've, we've gone through what they're going through now, mm. we can kind of manage that risk. Yeah. So like with a, like with a female, um, yeah. I guess every investor has a small portion in his portfolio for high risk. Yeah. So maybe when you're young, you're yeah. quite, you know, you've got, you got, you got a bit of time. And also, it's true, when, when, when you're younger as well, you have a, um, you have a higher risk appetite when you're young. Yeah. Because you're, like, and you're it's what I like to, to waste time and money. Yeah, it's what I like young. to call sometimes the Arsene Wenger model, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Arsene Wenger model in the sense of like, you know, you're relatively established, you know, you've been around the block, you know what you're doing, right? So yeah. you think, you know what, let me take, 
what would be considered a high risk but high potential prospect. Exactly. Right. So exactly. maybe, maybe. the return you exactly. get, yeah. the return you get is super high. Yeah. 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 You'll get frustration. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Because yeah. you're concerned yeah. there'll be a default. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I guess, like, I guess and a default guess meaning that we're going to walk away and cut your losses. So in the same regard, you're Exactly. So I guess that's where Tom's kind of volatility model comes in because I think the frustration is the volatility. Yeah, right. Yeah, sort of. That's a part. That's a part of the Yeah, true. I guess in that that frustration, that volatility creates this 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 model where you can't see what the end result is now going to be. So you can. So it's harder to forecast. Yeah, it's harder to forecast, right? No, I agree. But also, no. And to go on from that, the 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 problem I find sometimes, especially as you go like further up the 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 the, the credit quality spectrum, not the credit spectrum. That's something slightly different. But you go up towards like the the A and the the double A, triple A, and what you get is sometimes the the, the price is so expensive, mm. and the maintenance is so mm. high. High maintenance is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not. Like, there, not. there is. It's, think, it contributes to the lifestyle. Right? I, the lifestyle is the person who they are. It's true. Yeah. But you do get to a point in time where the price is so high. Where you're getting no return, the mm-hmm. yield is negative. Yeah. Now I don't know what that is in this context, <laughs> but I'm getting no return. So basically, the maintenance is so high that, like, the return I should be getting on my happiness and whatever is basically it's like a return that's going straight to her. Like yeah. I'm having to work so hard to keep up. Yeah, that she's a, she's the only one benefiting, and on a net basis, I'm 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 out. I'm at a loss. And that happens sometimes as you go further. So I guess you could contextualise that in the sense where, like, say, for example, you've got a girl, you know, you give a lot, you know, you're investing a lot, your time, your effort, your resources, you're moulding her almost, right, into being better. I wouldn't say moulding. Okay, moulding, okay. But you're, you're working with it. You're working with it, yeah. yeah, yeah and on. at the same yeah. time, you realise that, right, all I'm really getting is a good beat and, you know, just someone to look nice on my hand, like, on my arm. Good? It's true. Yeah, it's, it's, true. Working, it's true. And even someone on that credit spectrum may, may be saying, I'm waiting for marriage, so you might not be getting the beat anyway. Yeah, you true. understand? Yeah. Which is, yeah, yeah. I, I respect that point of view. I've had that point of view before. Um, so, yeah, I, I still have it, quite frankly. But, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah it's, it, it's interesting. But a, another way of thinking about it as well, and, and, and this is um, it's almost kind of a nice a primer to what, um, like, the general markets that I, I used to cover. Now I cover credit, but before I used to cover sovereigns. Mm. Sovereigns are countries. So countries issue debt, and the reason why they issue debt is because they can't issue equity. So mm. I can't own any shares in the UK, mm. but I can own UK debt. So the, the UK can have to pay me back some money. Mm. Um, and uh, in 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 Europe or in the eurozone, so there's any any country in 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 the European Union which is has the euro as its currency. Because there's a difference between the European. The, Euro- the European Union, there's a difference between the European Economic Area and there's a difference between the Eurozone. So Eurozone is, I think, well, I used to cover only about 10, 11 of those countries. There's a bit more, but I think. Now, the the sovereign or the country, but I'll put the sovereign, with the, with the greatest um, with the greatest credit rating was always Germany or mm. German bonds. Um, and that's that, though. we call a bond a bond. There are different types of um, German bonds, but we just call them bonds. And... Um, the way, what made Germany such a great issuer, um, <clears throat> what made them such a great debt management office or, or, or the finance agency a, a, de- a great debt management office was the fact that their communication was excellent. Mm-hmm. They kept in touch with the market. They told the market, this is when I'm going to issue this particular bond. Um, and you knew who the investors were. They had a very core investor base. You had to be a certain type of investor to invest in Germany. And there was a great relationship between investors of German bonds and the and, and the issuer themselves. Mm. And the interesting thing about the German government 
is that they tell you a year ahead what their plans are. Mm-hmm. They say, I am doing this exactly. And you find that with you find that with some girls. They will tell you exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's your choice to say whether you like it or not. Yeah. Whereas you get some credits that are not as good as Germany, but almost as good as. So you're getting a slightly higher return, therefore it's a bit uh, it's a bit less pricey, still favourable to the community. So like France, for example, and France don't have the same strategy as Germany. They talk to the market and they say, "I'm thinking about doing this. How does this How does this fit with you as an investor? Do you like this? Do you not like this?" And you get you you do get that with some girls. You get you get some girls that say, "This is going to happen, but what do you think?" Mm. So you've got ultimately you've got one woman who's like, "I know what I want. This is how I want it." Stubborn. Stub stubborn in some respects, yeah. and you could say, yeah, and yeah. you can say that there's there's a precedent that she's set for herself. Yes, right? The levels are incredibly. Yeah. She knows exactly. And then you've got, say, for example, a, a France now as a woman who yeah. is maybe a bit more collaborative and a bit more yeah. she's got she's still got the claim and she's still got the esteem to be like you know what I'm confident in my yeah. my knowledge of yeah. the market yeah. but yeah. in the same regard I'm going <clears> to <throat> still ask for your input because quite yeah. frankly I like that kind of um, collaboration yeah yeah and it's so, true and, and yeah. if our, our, our very own debt management office here in the UK they have a bit more of a French model so they will tell the market roughly what they're going to issue Roughly, but they do so. They'll they'll tell you what area of the curve they're going to issue. So kind of to to which investors they're looking out for, in yeah. other words. But they see, I think they see investors um, at least two times a year, and they say, "What part? Or how would you like to? How would how would you like us to work with you? And how can you work with us?" Mm-hmm. And I think that model is kind of great, but it's also good communication because often you find that some people, and I, I've I've had this issue recently actually where. Some people are not great at communicating and it drives mm. me nuts. It drives me completely nuts. And I'm like, how can you not communicate? Like, I, it, does, it drives my... It, it, it just... Oh, it just I think it does yeah. my head in. I like, think communication is ultimately the bedrock to everything. Mm. Be it whatever you feel in a relationship, in a business and everything. Like, even in my last relationship, I learned that communication was a strong point and having that brutal honesty as well. Yeah. Um, but moving slightly away from women in a different angle... Yeah. Now, you're all young um, no professionals. No, no, no. It will come up. It's interesting because you know what I thought. Buns, buns, and boobs. It's interesting when you. That might be the name of the buns, but still. Um, but it's it's kind of interesting to know you yeah, that you can see the dichotomy between relationships and your business world or your finance world. Um, but looking at you being young professional men. You say handsome as well. Handsome as well. Thank you. Or, what I like to say when, because I don't read that. What I was saying instead is that you know, say young professional and has some hands instead of saying handsome. So I just say handsome, <laughs> you know. Um, but in that regard, do you ever feel like you've got social status, you've got financial status? Now, do you think sometimes you have to keep that information hidden from women, or do you feel like if you were to disclose that information to a woman, she's got the wrong impression already? Or well, not the wrong impression, but maybe over-speculating in terms of what she's going to get from you. Yeah. What do you think? I've got a strong opinion on this one, but I want to hear what you have to say yeah. first. Like, what do you think? I mean, I don't hide anything from anyone. Um, but I guess everyone has an opinion. And sometimes you can do something. So, so like, I can say, okay, um, I made this, I've, you know, we just provided a loan to X, Y, Z, um, X amount for X amount. She mm. might be like, oh my days, you've mm. just given someone X amount. Bloody hell, like, da, da, da. but that's not my money. Yeah. And I guess part of the back of that, she now has this opinion that I'm this rich guy yeah. who has all of this money at his disposal. Yeah. Um, and X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, I don't, I mean, I don't know what she's going to think. But in doing so, I mean, I'm just being myself. 
Yeah. But I'm not hiding nothing. But at the same time, I'm being honest. Yeah. If you understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't hide anything from no woman. No. Um. I I let them have their own opinion about my financial status. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, I guess I guess that's really it for me. I don't I don't I don't I don't ever think you'll get to a stage where I have to hide anything because mm-hmm. I think. I've kind of gone through, a, I mean, through my lifetime, I've realised that being humble is the best thing to do. I'll yeah. be honest as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I w- so even when I am that multi, you know, a multi-millionaire, I will still be humble, by the grace of God. I will still be humble. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't hide anything, but there's nothing for me to really hide because the way I'm going to act anyway, you'll probably think I'm just a normal guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I guess as a multi-millionaire, you are a normal guy anyway. I mean, the average millionaire in the UK, I think, has 80 million. Yeah. But these are guys that ride partial bicycles. Yeah. This know, is on, true. On, on, on like scooters. So I used to, I just interject on that point. I used to work at a, a startup where the seed, i.e. the money that the, the kind of the, the capital that we got was from a very, very rich family. And, um, and they were, they had, they, on aggregate, I think they were worth like 2 billion, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's a huge amount of money. When they fly anywhere, mm-hmm. they fl- if they fly in Europe, they fly EasyJet. Billionaires. Billionaires, if they wanted to, they could go and they could go into the plane and turn left. They're not the kind of, and this is the thing about money. I, I won't answer a question about the, the the female thing, but it's just interesting about how people treat money. They don't they don't care if they fly BA or not. They mm. don't care if they have to. They have to, but they they will. But if they want to fly EasyJet, they will. And I'm like, what is a billionaire doing flying EasyJet mm-hmm. or Ryanair? And it was just, why should I spend more money? It's the same journey from. Were somewhere in Europe to London, and when they fly, and then they were telling me that they went to the States, and they went like Icelandic or Norwegian, I think. Wow. And I'm thinking, did you not feel tempted to fly like you know, from <laughs> <Virgin>. did, <laughs> exactly? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, did you not feel tempted to fly a speedbird <coughs> from from Heathrow to JFK? Speedbirds BA, it's like mm. a cool song for BA. And I said, are you not tempted to do it? He said, no, 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 sometimes, but not really. And I'm like, so it just shows you the attitude that the really wealthy have is that they invest in things. But they don't spend ludicrously. Yeah. Um, I think with a younger yeah. generation, there's there's quite a a decadent outlook towards things. Is like they want money to attain yeah. things. It's conspicuous consumption. Yeah, and um, I think it's that consumption aspect which kind of makes it quite insidious in terms of how they yeah. then act when they do get money. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's that. It's again, I can draw from so many examples. Even my director at work, you know, companies worth X X amount, and he will still ride a bike to work. Yeah. You know, he will still look for a bargain. Yeah. You know, he'll have a Christmas party on a Thursday instead of a yeah. Friday. It will <laughs> save him that premium. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> you know? yeah So yeah. It, it happens in, regardless of the tax bracket you're in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to the respective question in terms of like women and you disclosing mm-hmm. your status. I think I've changed over the years and I think that's because like the people I talk to have has, has changed with that. Mm. So, before I might have been embarrassed to say, no, I would I would have been embarrassed to say to someone I went to Cambridge mm. and did economics. Why? Or, um, I don't maybe not embarrassed, but just I never wanted to tell him that because I was always scared that somebody would want to just talk to me just for that reason alone. Mm. Um, and 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 it wasn't ever in a kind of oh he's got money. It was just like oh he's gone to. Cambridge and da, 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 da. so there's a, I always kind of got that impression that some I might be judged a little bit differently. Yeah. Say, oh, you're different, or you're bougie, or whatever, or whatever. And, and there's an assumption that yeah. comes with it. And I, I also never really like to say I, I worked in the city either. And that one was probably more of the money thing. Yeah. Because um, I was, you know, um, but I don't really. But now I've kind of I wouldn't say like my I'm not I wouldn't say my social circle has changed 
it, it, it has changed to, to an extent. So now I'm not embarrassed to say it at all. I, I say it with a fair amount of pride that this is what I do. This is what this is what I went to. This is what I'm mm. doing with my life. And um, yeah, but I think so, I, I had I, I have a mentor, and he, he warned me. He said, "Listen, as you're coming out of school, or as I was called school uni, I don't know why, but I said as you're coming out of out of uni, and you're gonna go." into the world of work, especially like you're going off to be in the city, you're doing front office role. Yeah. Um, people are going to, like people may come to you and he's like, I'm not saying everybody's like this. And he's like, I'm not saying, and I don't want you to get away with the point that women are gold diggers because I don't think they are. And I know so many women that work hard for their money, mm -hmm. incredibly hard, which is wonderful. Um, but it's like, you have to be cognizant of the fact because I ultimately think that if you meet, I'm 24, if you meet a girl that's 24, chances are she's going to be much more mature than you are. Yeah. And the reason why, and it's, it's a number of things. One, because just natural development, they develop earlier, their brains kind of develop, and they just, their outlook on life is very different. And also I think as we get into this stage in our lives, we're, we're kind of approaching this weird landing zone where women are really beginning to, I'm not saying they want to, they, but you, you, I often find you get, you get women and you, I've spoken to, not everyone, I haven't spoken to everyone, but you hear a lot of people say, I want to settle down or I want to be married or I mm. want to have kids before some arbitrary number 30 or yeah. 35 or whatever and the idea is they know they have to have known someone for a while for that to happen so you kind of approach you approach this really weird landing zone at this mm -hmm. point in your life and i just think it's you know we all have to we all have to guard our hearts both yeah. guys and girls yeah um so i think i think um yeah it's it's uh it is a tough one and i think at this age relationships are definitely tough to to deal with because you're trying to make the best out of your career you're trying to navigate so, 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 you know, so difficult, so difficult. I think being a young male in the city, or working in a financial firm, and being, would I say financially free? I would say financially free. Oh, free, being, free, 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 having, having financial stability, I guess it's, it, it can be difficult because so much time goes into your work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And females our age now, um, they, one thing they require, some of them don't actually require you know, like finance or, or funds or other. Some time of them attention. require time, yeah. Yeah. attention. Mm. Yeah. Um, you, you know, they want to be with you. Yeah. You know, and I don't know about that one. <laughs> no, no, because it's it. No, no, because I, I um, <laughs> um, I gotta be careful. I don't know who's listening to this. So I, have to, I have to. I have to. You know, not. I, have to, I don't want to call that names here. <laughs> no, 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 no. But um, I. Oh, it's just like I, I, I was seeing someone quite recently in in all in all fairness and i was i won't i won't say exactly what was said but it was along the lines of i don't have time and i i i don't have time and i can't create space now to me to me and i see you looking funny and i see you looking funny as well to me it sounded like an excuse and the reason why i say it sounded like an excuse and it is because the like i had a relationship in finals doing uh, at cambridge mm. now to give you the context of what work is during finals, you're producing anything. You might be you might be doing anything from five to twenty thousand words a week of work. Wow. Okay. Weeks. So you're working in and out. And I can assure you, sometimes dates and work were had in a library. <laughs> it sounds funny. It, I know it's, it's, it sounds ridiculous, but like I thought I was the only person. And about a, a, a year later, I, I met someone from from Oxford, and I said, "Have you had a date with?" Days in the library, <laughs> yeah, 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 and I thought, okay, I'm not that crazy, but that's what it was. But what it taught me was you have to be able to pick your pockets and create time and space. Like, yeah. it's like some of the greatest strikers we see in football are the ones that are not just great with the ball, they're great without, without mm. the ball. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's about being able to create 
and, and, and it was just, and I, I didn't, I, I did buy it to some extent, but I was just like, you got, you, you got to miss me with that, man. Yeah. Come, come, come correct. You yeah. understand? Because my intentions, my, I made it very clear. I didn't, I didn't muck around. I said, here, here, what my intentions. I like her a lot. Da, 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 da. I wanted, I actually wanted to develop this into a relationship and she wasn't having it and she wasn't having it. And, and, and I'm, I'm still now just trying to think, is that whole, I can't, I'm not in the right headspace. Is that a load of bollocks or is there something sincere? Or is, or, or is she not as mature as I thought she was? Because mm. that could be it. That mm. could be it. See, I don't really buy that, that maturity argument anymore. You don't? Okay. I don't buy what's it. Your, what's your views? When it comes to, like, you know those like, are women mature quicker than men, etc.? <coughs> I think it's a fallacy, in honesty. You think so? Um, yeah. I'm undeniably. I, there is certain things that you could say that women have a much more longer-term outlook. Yeah. Right? But at the same time, my view on, ma- on maturity is accountability. And I feel yeah. many women have a lack of accountability like of their that, actions. That, that, and therefore, <laughs> what you consider maturity yeah. in, in most cases is just circumstances within their life which project a sense yeah. of maturity yeah. when, quite frankly, it's and not. And also them being able to handle themselves as well. Exactly. So I always say that you as me... How, how old are you, by the way? 25. So 25, yeah. 26. 26, 24. So let's... Let's just because my number works well for the sake of this. I come and it's another like thought example I yeah. created a while back. You can tell I do these. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, it's stupid sometimes. But let's put it this way: as a as a, as a man now that I'm 24, mm-hmm. I probably say I wouldn't mind going out with a girl that was was 21 or something mm-hmm. or 22, maybe even 20 if she's mature. But you know, she's, let her finish uni first at least, and move on to the next phase of life. But let's just say, assuming she could finish uni and she could go into the next phase of life at 20, hear me yeah. out, because it's a numbers thing here. So, and, and she's probably happy to go up with someone who's four years older than her. Mm. Probably. She might not be, but let's just, again, stay with the assumption. Let's assume she is happy. Okay. I'm, my, I, I myself, I meet someone that's 24. I meet a girl that's 24. I want to see her. Chances are she's gone up with a man that's 28 four years older because of the other way around. Because mm. if I'm prepared to go up with a girl that's four years old, uh, four years younger than me, I beg pardon, then she's prepared to go up with someone four years older than her. Mm. So ultimately, and I like for like comparison, you're comparing a 24-year-old uh, boy slash man. There's, no, there's never an age where you become a man, but you know, I, I've yeah, met yeah. 24-year-old men, I've met 24-year-old boys, I still don't know where I see it. 24-year-old <laughs> young man. Yeah, young, young, man, young, young man, man, young man. Young man. Young man. And you're you're a twenty four year old young man versus versus a twenty eight year old man. There's a there's a massive there's a massive difference, or do you know what I mean? There's a massive yeah, there's a massive difference um, between. And it's so funny in your twenties, like the choice of partner is so paramount because the the tra- the trajectory that you choose for yourself in your twenties is so important. Yeah. Because it's the only it's the only decade where. Well, your, your teens are formative, but they're formative in a, in like a body sense. You're growing up, and you 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 you're growing a, a deeper voice, and you're getting a moustache or a beard or whatever, and everything else. But in your twenties, you're making those those key life choices. Mm-hmm. Not to say it's just your twenties, but you're making a lot of your key life choices. And in fact, I read an article the other day that said that your brain, for some reason, seems to really form itself between the ages of fifteen to twenty five, because a lot of firsts happen in 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 that in that yeah. period of time in that 10 year um, period. So it's, it's, it's a weird one. And I think you're right about, I'm, and I'm giving it thought now and I'm giving it thought relative to this situ- not situation, but this kind of whatever you want to call it. And I'm thinking actually, 
is the singer about someone the same age as you being mature? Does it actually... It might just be bollocks, to be honest. Yeah. Might be bollocks. I, I personally think it is nonsense. And you know how you always have that... Of course, with age comes experiences. Yeah. Now, you can always do things in relativity. So, me as a 25-year-old looking at someone that's 29, they may have lived four years more than me, but have they had the same experiences as me? Yeah, And does true. that mean that they're more mature than me? Yeah. They just merely yeah. been on this earth four years more than that's me. That's a very good point. And I personally feel like when you're looking, I think a, a greater testament to someone's maturity is when you do speak about their life experiences and then accountability that they take for those life experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know what? Yeah. I fucked up, but this is how I overcome it. Rather than being, do you know what? I went through this shitty relationship, which, you know, put me back two years, but it was all his fault. (laughs) You know, there's a different, there's there's, there's an introspection. And I think introspection is is key to maturity, you know, and making, I think logic can be sometimes overstated, but you need to be at the same time to be able to think rationally and look at situations and being, it's probably like how you may do so in finance, you know, um, the convenience cost or maybe the opportunity cost yeah, exactly. of your decision exactly. 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 and I feel like it's those kind of things when I'm speaking to um, a young woman yeah. that's how I gauge her maturity yeah. not just the fact yeah, that she's been working since she was 16 it's true you it's know true. because it's true. quite frankly that's easy that's a circumstantial thing that anybody can really do it's, it's those that kind of thing where the, the wisdom that they speak with gives me an, an indication of their maturity yeah, it's true. and then gives me the yeah. Yeah. The, project, the foresight to see alright cool if she's thinking like this at this age so therefore yeah. she's then got the the higher ceiling yeah. to grow even further I always say and I mean I, I always people, people often say to me oh what do you look for in a female there are a number of well, not that many requirements but there are a number of requirements one of them is that they have to be cerebral mm. have to be a thinker and preferably I like them to be cleverer than me I find that difficult I like that what about you I think, you? I think, I think for guys you know a guy always wants a woman who is to some extent, above them. I don't know if it's just me. I do yeah, heard that one. You know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. It's fifty-fifty. I think it's you know what you want a woman to bring out something better in you in some respects. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. secretly, I think with relationships, be it man or woman, there's a necessity of use and a necessity to be needed. So of course, definitely. Yeah. So and I think yeah. that's just what it is. Is that I think women equally so look for a man that is above them, but not in a submissive way. But is admit, do you know what? This his ceiling is higher than me, so therefore I've got something to be like I can add to. But at the same time, if you're a self sufficient man yeah. that does everything for himself, yeah. women can sometimes feel threatened by that and they'll be like, Well, what do I really do for you? Someone asked me that the other day. You know, and it, to me, yeah. Like you know, do you think that you threaten women? Because mm. of what you do, and I said yeah. not particularly. Yeah. And it's vice versa. Like, like, sometimes yeah. I think vice versa. I think there's a lot of guys yeah. today who are quite uh, intimidated by a lot of well, I wouldn't say women's success, but I think a lot of girls have gone on to do very well. Yeah, yeah and, and, and there are there are quite a few guys who maybe I mean their ambition is to do really well, but they're not there yet. Mm. It's not saying they're not going to get there, but when they meet these women, they feel like oh, um, you know, I can't try to speak to her because she's got X Y Z mm. or she's doing X Y Z. But really and truly, I think if you're like like you said, a self sufficient guy, and you believe in yourself and what you're trying to achieve, and you believe you'll eventually get there, you should never kind of I think intimidated yeah, by yeah. confidence by hand. But then what I think also comes into a factor, particularly with women who are driven and who are there, their ego becomes masculinated. So they become they, 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 yeah, they, they adopt yeah. a masculine ego yeah, rather yeah, than yeah, keeping yeah. their yeah. ego relatively feminine. Mm. So yeah. what they intend doing is that they, they are reflecting the male ego that they've been. Because they yeah. say, for example, they work in finance. 
90% of the people that work in finance are by and large going to be men. Mm. So then the ego that they build themselves is a reflection of the egos that they see, which is mm. by, which is going to be men. Mm. So then when they do come across a man, that man, it's not a justification of him feeling threatened because I feel like you should deal with your own insecurities, but yeah. it's because she's projecting these, these, mas- these masculine ego traits where she's like, I'm the shit. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know I, 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 um, I know what I'm doing and therefore like you know I don't need you I was in and the, telling a manager yeah, yeah, that I don't yeah, really yeah, need yeah, you is that yeah. well no, yeah because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think, I think that someone said to me and I, I, and I thought about this for a very long time I thought the first thing that a man almost requires is respect mm. yeah that's why I think the first thing it's not it's not money it's not sex it's not whatever it's, it's, it's respect and, it's, and it, that means different things to different people mm. but there are some fundamentals that we require and the thing that we never it's like for example I don't know how you guys feel about it but I absolutely hate it when you're with a partner or whatever or whatever you you you're involved with someone and they embarrass you in public. Yeah, and it's happened to me once or twice. Oh, and you know what it is? It just it just burns you inside because yeah. you're like, this is actually so disrespectful. I wouldn't actually do this to you. Mm-hmm. Like, what do they say? Um, condone, condone in public, condemn in private. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, definitely. And th- you know, and that, it's just it's just like a lack of like a lack of respect. It's like I say, it's that just, man, I always like, say this to. Uh, particularly to my to my to my female friends, I was like, if you want to break a man, go for his ego. If you want to break a woman, go for her dignity. <laughs> that's, that's deep. That's deep. That's, that's, that's <laughs> that. It's just yeah, yeah. That's yeah. It's true because, because those yeah. are the things that are rooted to each gender, mm. quite frankly. Yeah. So at the same time, you know, they always you know how they say you know fragile male ego and whatnot. Well, the ego in nature, be it man or woman, is fragile. It's fragile. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So therefore, again, taking your example and respect, you know, respect has a a direction towards your ego as well. Yeah. They're almost relative oh, to each other. Of course, of course. So yeah, taking something like that, you're gonna bruise him. And yeah, he may have to take it within himself to build himself up again. But yeah. at the same time, when it comes to these insecurity aspects or when it comes oh. to these aspects, your job is not to fix them, yeah. but to facilitate and to manage them accordingly in terms of how you know. I them. just had a funny story that came into my head. Yeah. Oh my god. So I was I was seeing this girl many years ago. She's very successful now, by the way. And I won't say what she does, but she 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 is very successful. Go on, let's go. No, she does work in banking, but um, and um, in 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 the city, well, in Canary Wharf actually. Um, and I'll say no more than that. But I remember one time, I was like, I I've got I got really I, I just live with my mum, but we have quite a cr- close relationship. Mm. So the whole meeting the mum thing is not a big deal. I don't know if for you guys meeting the parents is nice. a big thing. Nice. Is it for you? But yeah, yeah, it's, nice. it's a big well, thing. I think. But that's I have to go into into thorough detail as <coughs> yeah. to why it's a big deal. Yeah. But yeah. it yeah, is yeah, a deal. Yeah. That's actually something I'm still actually kind of. But for me, it's never got. No, no, no. We should go into it. It's It's never really been that much of a big because we're very we're very close. Like my mum and I, we we have to. I think when you're two people in a household, you have to be quite close to yeah. each other. Are you an only child? Uh, yeah, I am. I am as well. Yeah, single so, parent. Yes, same. Yeah. So yeah. So okay. there's that. So that dynamic of being one and only child, two only parent changes the complete parent child dynamic out the way. Mm. And sometimes we talk like we're friends, or she talks like she's a much older sister, and then she will snap out and become a mum, and I'll get completely insubordinated, mm. like or subordinated by her, um, which is that's all fair and well. She's my mum. But she's always been quite um, relaxed when it comes to the opposite sex. She's always said, listen, just, you know, bring them around and let me size them up. Does it not in that way, just let me have a chat yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. Now, I told this girl, I said, look, it's not a serious deal, but, you know, come and say hello to my mum because you're, you're in my area anyway. Just, you know, have a cup of tea or 
supermodel or whatever or something. So for some reason, she forgot that she was meeting my mum. So when I met, met her in the morning, she was completely hungover. Mm. And she met my mum hungover. Oh, wow. Now, I, I don't know. First of all, I would say... Fun, I'm not going to say fundamentally that was disrespectful, but I don't know if what annoyed me more was it the fact that she forgot she that she was oh, meeting yeah, my mum or whatever. Because yeah. like at the end of the day, as much as I say, yeah, I've got a pally-pally relationship with my mum, you're not gonna you're not gonna come into my house or not my house, you're not gonna come to her house and call her by her first name. Mm. It's not happening. Therefore, Do you know what yeah, I mean? It's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. You're showing her some respect. I, yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, and I don't I don't call yeah. is a respect. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like yeah. she respects you, that's why it's a respect. Yeah. I don't call my mum by her first name. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> she's mum. Like, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So and for me, I was just like, that is so disrespectful. And I, I like my mum, she's not she just, it wasn't that she wasn't happy, she was like, <coughs> Tyrion is actually kind of disrespectful, you know. Yeah. So I'm not actually, she's like, I'm, I'm not here to bite, I'm, and I've never bitten anyone, but this is actually so disrespectful. So no, I had to tell the guys, like, look, yeah, you know, you kind of, I mean, we had stronger words, I was like, but you, you know, it's just you wrong what you did, yeah. it? So, and then, and that was it. But we, I mean, look, we, we still talk every now and again, yeah. and there's no love lost, essentially, but the respect thing, man, like, <sighs> I think, neck. yeah. I think that's a key aspect, but navigating away from like women because I feel like we've kind of exhausted them. <laughs> um, but back to more more pressing matters. So, yes. capital moments. Yes. And the endeavors going forward. Yes. So I understand that you guys are releasing a book. Yes. yes. Um, I've thankfully had a chance to look over a provisional copy of the book, yes. and which I'm thankful for. And I think there's key things in it which I think will be so useful. And it's actually refreshing to see a book like that being released because it kind of amalgamates and it combines all the necessary information you need for being a young graduate. And quite frankly, it was a lot of information I had to kind of have find myself and go yeah. through those trial and error. Yeah. So to pro- kind of prevent that trial and error, I think this book would be really good. But um, touching on the book, like, what was your intentions behind the book or how did the idea come about? Uh, I mean, it, I think... I mean, I'm going to let Tom kind of run off with the book. Yeah. I'm just going to kind of do a bit of an introduction as to how the idea came about. Um, it, like I mentioned before, <clears throat> as the company started to grow, what we found is that there was all of these doors opening up. Mm. opening up, And one door in particular was helping people with their CVs yeah. or helping young students with their CVs. Yeah. Um, a lot of the guys within the team have worked at some of the big players such as Goldman Sachs, Barclays, um, KPMG and so on and so forth. So they had a, a lot of experience in regards to taking, mm. doing interviews and so on and so forth. And what we found is that we kept getting emails um, saying, oh, could you help me with my um, graduate? Mm. Um, can you help with my graduate role? Mm. I've got an interview coming up. And then I'll be like, hey, Lex, or hey, Josh, or hey, Tom, um, speak to this girl. Or, um, hey, I've got this CV. I'm trying to get into Goldman Sachs. Um, can one of you guys help me out before I send it in? And I'll be like, okay, I haven't worked at Goldman Sachs. Um, so, hey, Lex, hey, Tom, hey, Josh, could you sort this out? So where did and, the other guys work? Ah, it's like, a, yeah. ah, it's a good question, actually. Yeah. So we all... Um, <clears throat> we so Josh worked at Goldman's and he interned there. Mm-hmm. Lex interned at Goldman's. I interned at Goldman's. Um, you didn't enter. Did you enter? No. I'm like I'm like the entrepreneur. He's, he's, like, yeah. he's, <laughs> he's, you know, he has his own. He has his own business. But um, so so Josh, I'm trying to think. Is this on his LinkedIn so we can talk about yeah. it? Uh, yeah. No, he works at Lloyd's and he does. He does something called uh, DCM, which is debt capital market. So what we're talking about like bonds and stuff mm. earlier, he helps companies or sovereigns 
raise those bonds, yeah, yeah. Um, which is an interesting, a very interesting process actually. Um, Lex is he is a consultant, mm -hmm. I believe, at Deloitte. KPM. KPM. Yeah. KPMG. Sorry, yeah, I beg yeah, your pardon. Yeah. Sorry, he's at KPMG. Yeah, actually, why am I saying Deloitte? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, now I'm thinking of someone else that was that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, my mind's going back and forth. Uh, and I work at a small research uh, boutique doing credit mm -hmm. research. Um, so kind of similar to what Josh does, but on he's on the private side, I'm on the public side. And that's a small place up in, up in Liverpool Street. So, um, Adi. And Ade. Ade works at a accountancy firm, I think. Firm. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, now yeah. I forgot that One name. of the big players. Um, can't remember exactly who, but yeah, he's, he's on the accountancy yeah. side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I worked when I finally did get involved in finance at a small boutique bank mm -hmm. who was doing things like corporate advisory mm -hmm. for um, corporates within emerging Africa. So with a lot of debt capital raises and yeah, so on yeah. and so forth. Um, and yeah, um, but I, I, I think Josh, Tom and Lekon have a very good understanding of you know how to get into a big firm, yeah. um, the right thing to do when going to an interview. The wrong thing to do, which is most important when going to an interview, yeah. and make sure you don't do the wrong things. Yeah. And I guess that's yeah. kind of how the book yeah. came about. Yeah, um, I think so. It was it was primarily more um, Josh and Lex's um, thought creations. I've yeah. had a look and edited. Um, it. Again, the critique. <laughs> <laughs> I offered to do it as well. But it's just, you know, it's that's actually true, actually. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, just send the book and um, I'll, uh, so, I'll it. Again, it's like, but, I think the one thing I w is quite interesting is that your stance with everything that you do is quite quite neutral, yet the demographic, generally speaking, that you <coughs> you not necessarily cater to, or yeah. I guess you know maybe take attraction to what you do yeah. is predominantly London centric, very you know black Asian you know ethnic minority mm -hmm. in some respects, and by and large all of you are from a, a black background, correct? Except from one who helps, so there's, there's one guy Harry who helps us out with yeah. things like the Instagram and your sort of blogs. Oh, good. Cool. Again, there's always going to be that nuance to being black or Asian or being an ethnic minority and entering yeah. that financial space. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But the book itself is quite neutral, which I think does it justice. Yeah. Not necessarily colorblind, yeah. but I think the advice, anyone could pick up that book mm -hmm. and read it. Now, was there any intention or was there any discussions to nuance it in some respects? I don't, um, I mean, I, if there were, I certainly weren't privy to them, and I don't think there were, and I think because... Um, I think what um, this could, this is, you can open up a complete can of worms. But I think <laughs> what, what no, but I think what um, the black and ethnic minority groups who are not who are not necessarily like super well, well educated. So like you're in the public schools, you're in good private schools, you're even in good grammar schools. If you're just like a normal comp, like, mm. like a lot of people are, what tends to be missing in their life vis-a-vis their counterparts who are receiving a better education. Um, is information and so information can be a great leveler mm. and you don't have to you don't have to create those nuances and address the audience specifically you just have to provide them with the information Definitely. because my opinion is that these guys who I see guys that are maybe 16 17 that I, I, I mentor sometimes and they go to state schools they're just as good as the people that I see at grammar schools or private schools or their white counterparts no, not just white counterparts, but also like their their black and ethnic counterparts mm. in the private schools as well. Okay. But also their white white counterparts too. Yeah, they're just as good. But it's just they don't like, understand, or not. That, well, it's not. They've never been given the opportunity to understand about mm. taking certain paths. And it's like one of my th uh, favorite authors, 
is um, Zadie Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 she's very near and dear to me because I'm mixed race, she's mixed race, she went to Cambridge, I went to Cambridge. And there's an instant parallel. And she mm-hmm. talks about London, and even though it's not my neck of the woods, I still like it so much. And she was saying that there were so many people that could have gone to Cambridge, they just didn't know about it. They didn't know about the process. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, not just for Oxford, not just for Cambridge, but for, for, for getting into professional services as well. Yeah. And it, you know, one of the things that always used to bother me was I used to sit on a a, a, a trading desk mm-hmm. at my old shop. I was at a, a Japanese bank doing fixed income research. The, the sovereigns we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. It's on a trading floor. It's about three, four thousand people on that trading floor, mm-hmm. and I could only count. You know, on the front office side, I can only count maybe four black people. Wow. Yeah, in a room full of 3,000 people. And, you know, that upset me. Yeah. That upset me. And it ups- and it ups- and also another thing that ten- tends to upset me <coughs> as well is that, like, when it comes to... I found this, like, when it, when it comes to, like, black people, they seem to... Like, people often might want to push them into, like, the middle office function and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But... No, they don't get encouraged to be in the front office function. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a middle office function if you want to do that. But I've, I've come across it before where you want to might go into sales or trading or structuring or research, which is typically defined as what front office yeah, is, yeah, revenue right. generating, um, oh, and, and investment banking, but I'm talking about more about markets. Mm. I've always been in markets, but there's, there's things like ECM, DCM, debt mm. capital markets, equity capital markets, respectively and other stuff like that, the investment banking side of the business, the real investment banking. Um, and I get, sometimes people don't get encouraged into into doing that, but people don't, because it's, it's a weird thing, like people, like, and it's, it, it just ties in almost like to going to Cambridge, to, like, you know, when you know when you're there, when you, when you study with the other people that live on the other side and you know how they live, yeah. you then realise that the world is your oyster. Mm. But, like that for for you to realize that you've had to have done really well at school, yeah. And then for you to have done really well at school, you need the right support from home and you need the right support from teachers. So it's a it's a much it's a much it's a lot of variables, issue. yeah, a lot of variables yeah. that have to go yeah. in your favor. Yeah. I mean, even for yeah. myself, um, when I was in college, my teachers wanted me to apply for Oxford and Cambridge, and I didn't purely because I felt like I wouldn't fit in, and it was that kind of awareness to be like. Yeah. The way I talk, the way I look, I'm just going to feel so out of place. Yeah. And then I, I think, quite frankly, undersold myself, if yeah. I'm honest. And I think that that complex is in a lot of young um, black and ethnic minority people. There's that kind of inferiority complex where it's like, you know what? I'm not going to put myself in that environment. Yeah. And I feel like for a lot of people that I've spoken to that have gone to Oxford, Cambridge, it says that they become very hyper aware of, of their background. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, alluding back to the book itself yeah. and, you know, the nuances, etc. I mean, it's a, it's a key point you make that, you know, many a time it's just the lack of information. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the book, were you trying to cater to a particular demographic? No, I, don't, I honestly don't think so. I think if demographic, not by race, no, but demographic in terms of age, then absolutely. So we, what we, about we, class? Ooh, I, I don't... Because at the same time, I feel like majority of, again, black and ethnic, and again, I'm more speaking of in terms of the projection of the reach you have, yeah. I'm, I'm not disputing that you do reach something beyond the black and ethnic, or the UK black Twitter, for example. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that you, that's, that's all you, the, the realm that you facilitate, 
But by and large, you know, it is working class. And, mm. you know, there is going to be that intersect of race and class. Yeah. Mm. And again, I'm sure maybe in the financial environments and the professional environments you work in, class is also a factor as well. Yeah. Um, no, it definitely is. Of course you get, like, really, really, like, upper middle class. Um, they live in Gloucestershire. Yeah. They've probably got a dog called Poppy. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, the kids went to Marlborough or Cheltenham or something, which are, like, really, really good schools, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, and they send them there. And then here's you, like, working class boy who happened to be very blessed to go to, like, where I went to for uni. I feel very blessed and to, to have the opportunities to meet the right people along the way. A part of that is... You, I say being blessed other people say being lucky I still say a part of it has been blessed to have met the people along the way and people to encourage me to do mm-hmm. that but someone said to me I remember an old school teacher said to me you have to remember that education is a great leveller in this country because because of the class things because because class is a is, is an issue here mm. um, in this country and we often say classes are more of an issue than race is and I'm not sure to what extent I agree with that but class I, is certainly I, an issue I, I wouldn't I'll never put in a hierarchy yeah, that's, spectrum, that's why I was taking with a bit of, you have to take yeah. that with a pinch, a, a, a pinch, pinch of salt, salt. thank <laughs> you. Um, but he said education is a great leveller. Mm. And I kind of, I understood that when I went to, to uni. I understood that getting a good education, like a really good education, can actually make a big difference. Mm. Um, and I think in the same vein, information can make the big difference. Mm. And if this can go up to a really, really young audience, like people who are maybe 16, 17, 18 that are just beginning to make kind of those important choices, mm-hmm. um, then, yeah, then it can it can help someone. And that that's, you know, what we... It, it alludes to um, what we said earlier about our objectives. Our objectives is to make sure that somebody can use the information and say, actually, what I've read and what you guys give to me is fantastic and I've used it and it's allowed me to get this. Because mm. it's not good. It's not good. It's not good... It, for me, and this is why I don't like talking about the uni experience too much, but I'm very happy to talk about it here because it's just, I have to be quite careful because I'm, I never want to sound like, oh, this is me, what I did. No, it takes a village to raise raise a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are so many people that gave me information yeah. and that's what we're trying to do now. We're trying to provide the same information. Cause it, and it's, yeah, it's, I think that's you know, the one of the key things that something that I always touch on, I've, I've mentioned this quite a few times um, on Twitter, is that we're a young generation, but we're the older young generation now. And because of that, it's now our kind of responsibility to help the younger generation. Now they say that um, the generation above is, is the reason why the generation is what it is right now. Mm. So I think if we do want to like, you know, tackle those social issues or you do want to kind of, you know, make sure that opportunities are a bit more level, leveled out, yeah. educating and informing. So it's, it's, it's good that you are providing this literature to them. Now, do you think that I think one of the concerns that I do have is mm. who's going to retain it? Who's actually going to apply it? Now, that's not your business and that's mm. not your job for them to apply it. But do you are you mindful of that in terms of how is this going to be used? Because it's all well and good giving them information, um, but it's how they apply the information. What do you think, then? I think in regards to who's going to retain or who's going to take the information on board and, 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 and use, use it to their advantage, I guess it's, 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 it's it, I mean, we haven't got, like, for example, we haven't got uh, a, a metric in which we're going to judge and we're going to say, okay, 20 
we've seen internships go up at Goldman Sachs for the black demographic or for the Asian demographic by 20%. Mm. Um, yeah. But what we do have, I guess, is is testimonials, right? Mm. And people mm. reaching out to us and saying, you know what, I read your book. Um, I read that piece of literature. Thank you so much. I managed to land this job at X, Y, Z. Or I managed to land that job at X, Y, Z. And I think, I, I think, I think for us, that's the most important thing. The qualitative side. The, the qualitative side yeah. as opposed yeah. to the quantitative. Mm. And yeah. I think when we've done it in the past and we said, okay, cool, we'll help you out with your interview um, questions or we'll help you out with your CV. Or like, for example, um, there's, there's a girl applying for I think it's MG Investments and we got someone to help her out with her, her cover letter, for example. Mm. Um, once she now gets that job, it, it's 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 the it's, it's the satisfaction of knowing that you now help someone mm. to yeah. climb them yeah. to climb that ladder, yeah. and now they're going to help someone to climb that ladder. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I guess for us that's the main that's the main thing really. Um, Is there an intention to make a community? Because I feel like one thing that would like whenever I look at people's ventures or when I look at their platforms, I always think that this would be really good for them. But like I'm yeah, yeah I see what looking, you mean definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel I like definitely. There is a community element that could really spawn from from yeah. CM in a respect in terms of that you know you guys are the founding fathers and mothers. Um, is there any women on board as well? No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, there are females involved actually, but um, let's say founding fathers and, 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 fathers mothers, and, mothers, and mothers just for the sake of you know equality and you know all them things there. Um, I think with you guys being in, there, I guess with everyone that you do kind of help. Yeah. then becomes part of like the CM family yeah no, definitely then, that's what you mean by that you know and, and then you can kind of create a community where in a sense where it's like oh yeah they came through or they were helped by a CM and then they become like a CM advocate or a CM yeah. ambassador I mean we, we, we have we have yeah. CM ambassadors at school yeah. 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 Right. okay and can, yeah. I, can I just said interject because that's very cheeky we, 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 have, we have a girl on team called Tele and she does um, she's almost like a bit of a matron to us and yeah. she kind of She's very good at doing events and stuff like that. Yeah, so she comes yeah, yeah. and in fact the property event, um, she kind of played. I think she played a, a hand in that, and she yeah. plays a hand in the stuff we do now. And so I won't just critique stuff. <coughs> critique very stuff militant. As well. Yeah, she's very. She's very militant. Militant. I realised that, <laughs> you know, that, that even, when we were, like, even with like when we had Samantha on board with us now, literally she put us in check. Yeah. She like, have you sent this email? Have you done this? Yeah, she's like, like that. Okay, no, like cool. that. everyone download this app. I'm going to make a to-do list. <laughs> you know, I'm going to assign this to you. I'm going to assign this to you. And, and I was like, yeah, yes, mum. Like, and speaking to yeah. her about it as well, like, she, she's she got this thing. She has this... She always wants to know, like, the raison d'etre for everything, the reason being for everything. Why? 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 And you have a conversation with her. She was saying... So we, we um, recently spoke at Bloomberg, or Josh spoke at Bloomberg, and we were all there. Um, talking about um, diversity in the media mm. and of course like they know that CM is run by you know us guys who are people of colour and they just wanted to see our views on it and um, she said she read the brief and she said to Josh why and he kind of gave a spoon and she said okay fine so she's been you know she's always questioning things but yeah. in terms of creating a community I think I mean we you mean I think if it's like a professional community that we're trying to create, I think we're trying to propagate one. Mm. So I think we're trying to we're trying to give people the tools. All you can do, I think, in life is give people tools, and whether they choose to run with it or not is up to them. That's but their business. People now long people no longer have an excuse to say I don't know the information because we put it out there. Mm. In fact, you know, some of us I subscribe to many, many newspapers. I was saying just before we we uh, turn this on that I might pay between hundred to two hundred pounds a month for a paper subscriptions. Mm-hmm. And I subscribe to a number of newspapers and journals and stuff like that. 
a lot of it is for my own personal benefit, of course, but a lot of it is also for CM. So if I see something from a, a, a newspaper that is interesting, um, I'll put it on CM. And, mm. and, and the reason why I do that is because these papers will have incredible sources with certain things. So mm. it's a well-known fact that certain newspapers, like The Telegraph, for example, mm -hmm. I don't read it too much, but I know that The Telegraph has very good sources in Whitehall, in Westminster. So if you hear a rumour in The Telegraph, probably likely to be true. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's... It's kind of doing these things, and it's just about providing information and, and navigating information as well. Yeah, and being yeah. able to cut out all the crap because there is a lot of crap. Oh, believe me, there's a whole lot. Of crap. So you know, sometimes it's, it's yeah. Again, it's like yeah. the first first part. I mean, like the information you provide is very digestible. The fact that I can read three tweets and almost get the gist of what the the news is yeah. is fantastic. Uh, but with the book itself, is it a paid for book or is it a free book? Then you have to order. You have to order. Yeah. Which is good. I think, you know, even it's worth it, um, quite frankly. You know, I will still buy one because I know I've only got a provisional copy, so I will still buy one. Um, and I recommend that everyone does buy one. If be if you're not even, if you are a young person looking for a graduate job, because you never know, there may be a, a cousin, brother, sister that you can pass it on to. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of, now from the book, I feel, when is it coming out? It's 25th? 25th. So, so it's a like, like Christmas present, right? Yeah. Nice Christmas <laughs> present. Yeah, no, that's good. That's definitely good. I think it's a great time to do so, you know, can give everyone yeah. the opportunity. Or in time for the 25th. It might come out a day or two before, but roughly, yeah, yeah, yeah. roughly you know, we'll say 25th. I yeah. think it's good because then at least it sets people up for the new year. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's a and good you time. You never know, we might um, give a few free. You never, yeah, you never, you know, never know. know. You just never know. But, but I mean, people can subscribe mm -hmm. and then they'll be, they'll be notified once. Yeah, no, definitely. I think once, once people see a preview, it will be, they'll, I think they'll buy into it. Mm -hmm. And that's not me advocating it because I've got you guys on it. I mean, <laughs> It is a very well written book, and it's not something which is like a five page ebook. You know, mm -hmm. it's quite lengthy, and I think it covers all the the yeah. necessary questions, and it gives the tools and tips that you need. Um, but also the event that you guys have done, because I remember you mentioned you did a property event. Yeah. Why property? Yeah. I guess it's an asset that everyone knows. Mm. Um, you know, equities, bonds, they, they can get complex, whereas property. Oh, sorry. So I guess it's an asset that everyone everyone understands. Mm. Let's say that not everyone knows. This. Everyone understands um, equities, bonds, derivatives. You know, they they, they can get very complex. Mm. And I think property is the alternative asset that you know your grandma understands. You know, yeah. this is true. You yeah. know, your 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 little cousin understands. Mm. You know, I buy a house. Um, I get people to live in it, and they pay me. Yeah. Well, an Englishman's home is his castle. So yeah. you know. Yeah, you know, and I, and I think that's why property was the the asset to to kind of promote. It. But but I guess with time, I think what will happen is as people start to understand the markets more and more through our, through the information we, mm. we provide them, I guess we will probably diverge into other events, maybe covering equities, maybe covering bonds, um, because some of us are regulated to advise on specific assets. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's 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 all a time thing. But I think property was just at the time. I think for the like you say, the demographic that we're aiming at mm. um, or the demographic we reach out to, I think was an asset that everyone understands and something that everyone can relate to. And I think even, like, Demi's completely correct, but I also think there's, a, like, an add-on in the sense that it's not just an asset everybody understands, it's something that people want. Even if yeah. they don't understand yeah. it as an asset, yeah. everybody wants to own, not everybody does, but I assume them, the majority of people here, so they will yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and yeah. so it's yeah. giving them the tools to understand how can you get a mortgage or like, is renting a good thing mm. or, or is being a landlord a good thing? And these kind of 
different questions that people ask that we, we got some professionals to come in and talk about it because so. away from the podcast stuff like I work in properties hence the reason why taking oh, an interest cool. in the event yeah. um, but it's not only that I think there's also a cultural element to it as well I mean generally speaking you know being black and Asian like I know in my family it's the first asset that everyone's going to go for you know yeah, they, they want a house definitely you know, yeah. you know like <laughs> I think there's an Asian saying right I think it's 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 roof over your head clothes on your back to eat. Yeah. Is that exactly? Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much you that. Got those, you've got those three things, then yeah, yeah. you're, you're, you're good. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean, those are the, the, the fundamentals, the basics. Yeah. Um, but do you feel like, as much as you do these things and you do these events and you do, you try to break things down. Mm. How bad do you think the financial literacy or illiteracy is amongst young people? Uh, I think it's horrible. Yeah. I think it's horrible. I think. Um, I've got my own views on it, but I'll let you guys touch I, on it. I. I, I Okay, I don't think it's horrible. I just think um, it's difficult to be financially literate. It can be difficult anyway, because again, it's back to information. It's like, where do I start on information? Like, mm. what what book do I pick up? What book do I read? One of the best ever books I read, I know it's, it'll probably sound cliche, is, is Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, I've, I've read that. Uh, it's a great mm. book because it's just, it's great for the sense that it tells you, look, here's what an asset is, here's what a liability is. Mm-hmm. So, to put it simply, an asset is anything that puts money into your pocket. A liability is anything that takes money out of your pocket. Now, the problem that most people have is that you get a bit of cash, like your work, even that can be treated as a liability if, God forbid, you lose your job. It's a liability. <laughs> you create a whole set of liabilities, but the work is a, is a set of cash flows. Mm-hmm. Um, do you put it into assets or do you put it into savings? Like I have I have like a stocks and share account that I kind of, I own a few stocks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. If it makes me money, and it's been a little bit of a tough year for some of my names that I own, but I, I've done fairly well. That's an asset I'm getting money back in mm-hmm. my pocket. But me having to get phone contract or whatever or stuff like that, actually, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, see, it is. That, that is a liability. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's understanding the difference between what you might call like an up. Well, this is, this is my own thing. I'm understanding what's an upward investment and a downward investment. If I'm spending 200 quid um, on newspapers, journals, or what, a month, that's an upward investment mm. because it might be cash flow wise it's a liability but it's increasing my ability to know things and become more mm. financially mm. literate uh, mm. financially literate for example if I'm going to the pub and I'm necking so many points nothing wrong with that but if I'm doing it all the time week in week out I'm trying to be a baller at a club mm. all the time then that's just a liability and I think people don't distinguish between the two because yeah. we live in I know I'm talking to you I have to stop but I, but I know we live in such like a it's conspicuous consumption. It's like you go to the club, you might want to get a table, you might want to get a bottle of sparklers. I've I've done it once before, and you you look at the next day and you think, I didn't spend that much money. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't spend that much money in, in something which you didn't enjoy. You shared the bowls of, of, of things around. You were giving it out to everyone anyway, but you were the one having to incur it anyway. Yeah. And that's just stupid. Do you know what I mean? Now we've done. I've done it because I could do it, but yeah. it was stupid. But it won't happen again. Right? It, no, it, and it's not happening again. It the morning after, the morning after, happen. right? And you see like an extra zero. You be like that button. It's it's when you see a comma on the receipt, and you're thinking. And it's, it was it was okay because. You know, most of the time, I'm responsible with my savings. So it was like, okay, it's a little bit of a dent. Yeah. But had I not had that responsibility around it, but even so, I was disgusted. I was thinking, mm. bruv, I'm not, I'm not some super billionaire. Not yet anyway, yeah. by the grace of God, you know, so... I think with yeah. um, 
the financial literacy part, it's the same thing you talk about, asset liabilities, those basic concepts which I feel that people don't understand. Yeah. And just funny enough to um funny enough I was tweeting about savings and just the simple things that you can do to save and I feel like a lot of people look at savings as a burden, as a sacrifice and they, yeah. they, they, they punish themselves yeah. by saving. Mm-hmm. And I was like, You don't need to punish yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I save but give myself an allowance. Yeah. yeah and you know, yeah. that allowance means that I I've got myself I've got a treat myself allowance. Yeah. So I dedicate say fifty, a hundred pounds, whatever may be the case and be like, you know what? I'm going to buy something like a pointless gadget because it's going to make me feel good and make me feel like that the money that I've earned this month is worth it because I've bought myself something like that. It's consumption, materialistic in some respects, but I've still saved, yeah. but at the same time, I've given myself an allowance. And I think there's certain things, particularly among young people, is that it goes back to the consumption of materialism, yeah, yeah, yeah. not giving the tools, not giving yeah. the information. Yeah. Um, when it comes to basic fundamentals, when it comes yeah. to finance, yeah. they don't need to know what a Garch model is, you know, but at the same time, if they do know the difference between how it compound interest yeah, or right. APR, yeah, yeah, exactly. APR, whatever, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. very I agree. simple things like that. And I think yeah. that is what is missing from a lot of the conversation most of the time, because not everyone's going to want to work in finance. Yeah. That's true. And I think that's true. a lot of the stuff you do is catered to those that want to enter that professional environment. But yeah. the, quite frankly, there's like a basic level of finance, which is relatable to all people. Yeah, be it you working creative and etc things like that and I think you know those are the type of things which would be quite interesting to probably explore like, yeah. even myself like I try to put information out there there's other people that I know who are influencers who work in similar environments yeah. entrepreneurial environments wherever may be the case yeah now we have got um I mean, I won't, I won't go into it yeah. too much now, but we have got something coming out yeah. Yeah, in, um, in that, in that vein. About yeah, definitely, because I feel like so. you've got a great platform to make content and I think as much as content is by and large online free unless you pay for it um um i think having a diversification of the content you create because i think not many people like reading in one unfortunately yeah yeah it's harsh like so even when i'm yeah. reading the book i'm thinking i would read this and i think people who there has to be an, an, a motivation to the consumer in order for them to yeah. buy into it um, but in the same regard, having that diversification in terms of the content you create. So, like, I think guys should really do the podcast. Or at least, like, a mini-series. We've discussed, we've yeah, discussed this. Yeah. We have discussed Even this. Even if it's, like, um, 10, 15 minutes where you just touch on a topic. And, you know, I think it would be dope because it gives a bit of variety. I mean, the only reason why I did a podcast instead of doing a blog is because I'm fucking lazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but I think you're right in the sense that yeah. not yeah. many people are readers, but some people are listeners. Yeah. yeah. And you find that more people like to listen rather than, rather than read so yeah. maybe the podcast is the way to go forward yeah. or even um, just something different because I feel like you've got such a wealth of knowledge and the way you guys even speak um, quite candidly it doesn't feel overwhelming in any respect and I think that is the language that it should be the medium of your language that you should be using yeah. and you can go into detail yeah. but I mean that was one of our yeah. missions though to kind of like dumb down the financial times yeah I think you could it's, it's, yeah, yeah. dumb it down and then elevate thereafter yeah. You know, and I think if you do achieve those things, you know, it will, yeah. it will work. I think the one thing I kind of wanted to get your opinion on, which is a bit of a sticky one, is that what do you think of all these traders? Oh. <laughs> I, I, listen, I, you mean like in terms oh. of... Oh. <laughs> what grinds my kids? I mean, I... Because I, I, you keep yourselves very much away from that. I mean, even though you, many of you may have a trading background, yeah, I've never seen anything which is flagrant 
or anything that's misleading. Like, and I don't oh, yeah. By trading, what, what exactly are you talking about? What exactly are you talking about? You know the most, most, most Twitter traders, they're binary traders, binary FX traders. Well, I think, yeah. I, th- I think... Um, options traders. Okay, whatnot, yeah. someone someone said to me, because I, 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 um, I used to produce options research. Okay. Um, not options, it was swaptions, which is interest rate options. Yeah. But it was, these were for big guys. You mm-hmm. had to, these trades were about 100 million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred million dollar trade. So it's not, it's not. These are for big ALM. These are for big pension fund guys that they can afford to take a little bit of a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think, um, I think you got people have to be careful of the risks. Mm-hmm. Um, we recently did a um, a conference, not a conference. We we recently did a speech somewhere about talking about personal investing, mm-hmm. and I had so many people, so many people come up to me and say, "Oh, I'm involved in FX. I'm involved in FX. I'm involved in FX," and I said. That's not investing, that's speculation. Mm. And I said, you are not actually in the FX market. You're betting on what the trader's doing. And that's what, that's the thing about, <clears throat> that is the thing I often find about people that um, when they get themselves involved into the options market, they're betting on the directionality of where the market's going. Mm. And the problem with that, it's not, I mean, listen, it, it can pay out well, but the problem is you find that retail investors i.e. people like you and me as ourselves, mm. are very different to institutional investors. The hedge funds and the pension funds and these guys, have all, they've got big money. They've got the time and they're paid to do the research and they're paid to kind mm. of, you know, use the best vehicles and stuff. This is different. It's people saying, I just want to flip some money around, which mm. it can be done. It can be done. It's just people need to be cautious. As with any rule of investing, you need to understand that your money can go down as well as it might go up. Mm. It's not an, an upside thing. Secondly, you have to be aware that you are not actually buying. If you're going, if you're going into the currency markets, for example, you're not actually buying dollars. You are buying a position, which believes that dollars are going to get bought, and therefore the dollar versus anything else will go up. Mm. And it's just being very careful. And under, it's like if you understand the market that you're playing around with, yeah. then by all means, wonderful, great. But if you don't understand, then you know there's a problem. And often I, I remember meeting a. a guy who he was involved at uni he was involved in sort of kind of like spread betting and stuff like that but when you asked him his rationale remember this guy was telling me about something called Ichimoku clouds which is like a really technical thing I was thinking it's like technical analysis I'm thinking all right he knows his stuff yeah and, but people need to remember that there's always someone out there that knows far more than you do mm. and can you, you know they're gonna they're gonna be in a much more advantageous position and I think it's um I don't think there's anything wrong with it I just think people need to be very 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 aware of the risks and I think if you're aware of the risks and you want to have a go at trying to make a bit of money fine but one of the best investors um, in my opinion one of the best investors you know uh, uh, Warren Buffett Mm -hmm. Warren Buffett was raised in a financial he was mentored by a man named Benjamin Graham and Benjamin Graham he came up with this idea of value investing and the idea of so, he, and the thesis behind that is him saying, look, Mr. Market, which he calls the market, he calls the market Mr. Market, he says, Mr. Market doesn't know itself. So, generally with things like currency prices, Mr. Market doesn't actually know where the currency price is going to be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You can't even predict the weather tomorrow, mm-hmm. like accurately. So, how can you pre- predict where asset prices are going to go? Now, he said that the thing that you can predict is how well companies are going to do based on a very simple idea. It's which companies are sticky, which companies do really well. Mm. So, so, for example, the reason why Gillette do well is because their model's simple. 
here's a stick, here's a blade. That's it. Mm. You need to buy the stick, you need to buy the blade. <laughs> <laughs> it's as simple as that. But yeah. it's thinking simply like yeah. that. And it's about buying companies which are valuable. So, you know, if you think about a company like, I'm not plugging this because I may or may not have these names, not all of them, but same like a Unilever or something. Mm. They make everything. Yeah. What do Unilever not do? <clears throat> or some supermarket in, in the UK. Just It's about thinking that way. That's, that's kind of more my investing. So when it comes to these traders that you see promoting their services and when yeah. they're trying to lure, I guess the opportunistic nature within young people to make a quick bucket. Yeah, it's greed. Yeah. I think, I think what, what's, what's really funny is that I think what happened was the Wolf of Wall Street came out. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then a lot of people watched that and said, oh my days, I want to be a trader. Yeah. But what's actually funny is that Leonardo DiCaprio and his team wasn't traders. Mm. They were brokers. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> um, they they, they were not traders. So yeah. whether, you know, that company, well, I know they took, they took a few companies public. Um, I mean, I won't go into the names and so on. Yeah, I told them both them very, very well. Mm. Um, but they were, you know, they were, they were brokers. So they were just, they were salesmen. Mm. They were overpaid salesmen. Yeah. Um, trading yeah. in itself is actually a very complex. And it's very, very different. To yeah, it's, 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 it's very different. You know, your, your role as a trader is to market make. So your role as a trader is to have um, is, is basically like, let's say there's a remote right in front of me and let's say there's a market for remotes, right? Depending on where the, I'm going to get someone who's going to say to me, I want to buy it. I'm mm-hmm. also going to get someone who says, well, I want to sell it and I need to make a market that can match the two. I also need to be able to take positions that will make the bank or the hedge fund do well. Exactly. Yeah. Now, people who are involved in the, in, in like the kind of options trading stuff, they're not actually making any market whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah. They're trying to make their own profitable position, so they don't actually have like the real market mindset, which I'm not saying you have to have, yeah. because you know people have, I'm pretty sure people have done successfully as a result of this, yeah, but no, no, definitely. you do need to do your due diligence. And also, I think if you are going to do it, and this is why I was talking about Benjamin Graham. He said, when it comes to these sort of speculative things, you only want, you spend one as much as you can lose or as much as you're prepared to mm-hmm. lose. And secondly, if you've got a portfolio, max should be 10% on these speculative yeah. things. Yeah. So, you know, the, 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 the derivatives, like what, what Tom mentioned, so let's say you're taking a derived position from, uh, the, let's say, the dollar or the US yeah, or, yeah. Or, the, or the UK pound, whatever it may be, um, it shouldn't be your whole portfolio. Mm-hmm. You know, your portfolio should consist of other things, you know, maybe some stocks, some shares, some alternative investments, like property maybe, mm-hmm. um, or REIT, for example, which is like... So essentially, don't put your eggs in one basket. Basically, basically, absolutely. Well, absolutely. Well, well, what we're saying is that the people that trade at a high level, yeah. they are just one part of the cog. There's a part of a bigger machine. Yeah. And within that machine, yeah. they've hedged their position. So if they lose that money, it's yeah. fine. Because there's going to be money mailed as well. Yeah. Because there's money mailed as well. Let's also remember as well that traders who work in, in banks, it's not their money. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 like shareholders' money. It's money from investors. Mm-hmm. It's not their own personal money. Yeah. So when they go home, having said they're making a, a if they've made a loss, what they're worried about is them not getting a good bonus or how they're going to set up their next position. They're not thinking, oh my god, I've lost this money. I can't pay these bills or something. Because some people who actually live um, on it on a mm-hmm. live by it on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're doing it for your own personal benefit, I think cool. I wouldn't. I don't want to discourage anyone doing it because I think there's there's a lot you can learn. And I think it's just definitely research. Yeah, I definitely think that's right. I think what Tom said yeah. is there's a lot you can learn, and it yeah. shows ambition as well. And I think if you can go through all of them losses, because I have tra- I have I have been a trader, yeah. and I, I, and I, I, I have and tried I have it lost. as well. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've lost. lost. I've lost. <laughs> I, have, I have gained and I have lost. I've tried it. Um, yeah, you know. So so, <laughs> but, but I think you kind of see who the real ambitious people are by the people that continue to drive and continue yeah. to say, okay, so what did I do wrong? How can I learn from it? And what do I do next time? 
I knew a guy who, to, and to give advice to anybody who does want to get involved, I, I knew a guy who, um, he is a trader based on technical analysis and he's been, he's been in the market for about 30, 40 years and mm. he says that he has a diary talking about every single day, talking about what he sees in the market because mm. it's important to have that discipline and that's what I think a lot of it is about. It's about discipline. doing the research and having the discipline and he said he would write something every single day and he's, do, he's been done so for 30 years and when you go to his desk he's got like piles of diaries because he uses quite small diaries he's just got piles and piles of diaries and he'll just pull it out and be like this is what happened in 07, 08 which is obviously an interesting period of time Yeah. and then he says this is how I felt about the market at the time I kind of feel like is it similar to this is it not similar to this and then he, he you know so I'd say to anyone just, just do your research but as Demi rightfully said make sure you diversify your portfolio yeah. Yeah, so that's interesting. But now going forward, the next 12 to 18 months, what do you guys see for Capital Moment? Go on, Danny. I guess it goes back to that question of like Uber and, you know, five years' time. Yeah, but no, I think, I think next 12 to eight, eight, 18 months, so we'll release this book. Mm-hmm. We may release another book yeah, in 12 to 18 months, which I think is... Any particular six, topic? Six, more than likely. Personal finance. Personal finance. finance. I Personal think that would finance. be a really dope Yeah, yeah. You know, continue growing the website or our fan base rather so our followers yeah. um, subscribe we're trying to get more subscribers yeah. and the more subscribers the better we can reach out to more people instantly mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and yeah I think I think that's really it for us I mean I, I think what would be really good is if we could maybe for a few more events within a few universities maybe like yeah. a university tour so I'm just, like, just thinking <laughs> you know, now, idea wise no, like, like all of these I all of these that, that I think now, now, now it's prophesied and it's on tape yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's, it's out there now. it's you evidence know, now, you know, it's evidence yeah. now in fact actually, if you want us to do a university tour um, email email yeah, let us know let us email, know, yeah, let us know. Yeah, literally uh-huh. I think those kind of things I think if if you are able to tap into the, the university, it's like when I spoke to you, the, um, yeah. remember that the, yeah. the idea we yeah. spoke about not yeah. too long ago? We'll talk about it often, but yeah. still. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 but it's um, things like that. You know, I think the university market's a very interesting market to be in. Oh, yeah. um, oh, equally so with the Forte stuff, you know, like it's catered to around young people as well. Yeah. Um, it's the thing with these podcasts is that I want to turn these into case studies so that they can be taken into yeah. a school and taken into university yeah, yeah, yeah. and be like, do you know what? These are your peers. These are your older young peers. Yeah. And this is how they did it. And it's in a candid, open way. Yeah. And it's not yeah. overly polished. Yeah. So then they'll be like, cool. Like, I, I, hopefully I can take away something away from mm. this. So, you know, it's a great market to kind of, not only exploit, but in a good way. Mm. Um, to tap into. To tap, there we go. tap yeah, into yeah. is a better, much more, pol- yeah, better yeah. word. Um, but I'd like to thank you for your time to come in. You know, it's been an amazing conversation. I think we've touched on so many things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so many things. But now, Capital Moments is something definitely that really caught my attention from early. And I could see what you guys are doing and long may it continue, you know, God willing mm-hmm. and amen. amen to all of that. Um, but yeah, just now, thank you so much again, guys. You know, check out their ebook, um, 25th of December, maybe a day or two early. How much is it going to be priced at? I'm not sure. I have all the prices with me. Cool. Basically, it'll be affordable, yeah. um, but well worth it. Um, and yeah, what are the social plugs? So we've got the Twitter, Instagram, yeah. LinkedIn, So are they, all cap- are they all capital moments? All capital moments. All, all capital yeah. moments. Yeah. Yeah. So subscribe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, follow us on, on, on Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, um, Instagram. Yeah. Snap. 
Snap, 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 Snap,